0: In Isaiah chapter 5 in the Old Testament, the Word of God warns woe to those who call good evil and evil good and those that turn truth to error and present error as truth. Hi, Alex McFarland here. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network. where uh, We've got a great hour of programming with biblical worldview. By the way, when I was working for Focus on the Family, I worked with Dr. Del Tackett on, a, on something called The Truth Project. Some of you might remember these videos. This was 15, 16 years ago. And to a lot of people, uh, The Truth Project introduced biblical worldview uh, to, to big segments of the church, perhaps for the first time. And I remember Dr. Del Tackett would say, very famously, he said, Look in any direction, 365 degrees, any subject... Obviously, salvation, Bible, theology, but even culture, morals, government, family. Look in any direction, said Dr. Del Tackett, and God has spoken. Um, I, I believe that. R.C. Sproul, whom we've interviewed a number of times on various programs, he's, he's with the Lord now, the great R.C. Sproul, but he said all truth is God's truth. And do you know what? God also has spoken regarding economics. Isn't that something? Now, do you know that one of the um, real indicators of spiritual health is how a person or a church or even a nation handles money? Do you know, very famously years ago, the rock band U2, uh, Irish band, said to be Christians, I, I don't know, I have no idea actually, But uh, they had a moment, they were pretty popular. But the band U2 had a song about uh, televangelists that raise money. And very sarcastically, just uh, really dripping with vitriol, Bono, the singer, would would slur this line out there, he said, uh, regarding raising money for Christian causes. He said, hey, my God isn't short of cash. And giving and tithing and good financial stewardship is not really primarily about the balance in your checkbook. It really is a heart issue. And the way we uh, look at material goods and the way we handle money and really even the acknowledgement that God is our source and the Lord is our provider, uh, that's a spiritual issue. I mean, part of the reason we said the blessing uh, before we eat, eat a meal, um, unlike an animal, I mean, you set your food in front of your dog and your your pet uh, just, you know, devours the food. Here's the difference for a human being. Before we thrust our uh, hands into the meal and gobble it up, we can pause and thank the one who provided the food. So really, finances, material stewardship, the way we look at life and the way that we do or don't acknowledge the Lord who provides – these really are spiritual issues. They they really are. Now, I want to um, bring up a guest. I'm very excited right now, and what a privilege it is to be on the American Family Radio Network and talk about biblical worldview, talk about seeing life from a scriptural perspective, but also to visit with um, leaders God is raising up, one of whom is Pastor Stephen Broden. Um, he has got a, a series called The Content of Character series, and he is a former Republican political candidate from the state of Texas in the 30th Congressional District. Um, He is a graduate of the University of Michigan. We've had a number of friends from uh, University of Michigan and Dallas Theological Seminary, and he is a person—he's got a book called Pawns of Change, the Explosion of Black Americans, the the X—I want to make sure I'm reading this correctly— Sorry, the computer is like flickering here. The Exploitation of Black Americans by Progressive Liberals. He's a, a Christian thinker and a valued colleague. Honored to have him on the American Family Radio Network right now. Welcome, Pastor Stephen Broden. Pastor, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, gotcha, gotcha. Welcome. You. Thank you for okay, being good. on and... Even more importantly, thank you for all that you do for God and country.
1: Well, well, thank you for having me. I, I believe that the hour is such that uh, these kinds of conversations need to happen across America in order to inform, educate, and enlighten uh, American citizens as to the urgency of the hour.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, brother. Um, I want to get uh, right to the conversation, and I want you to give the listeners, if you would, and folks, um, this is this is a a Christian pastor, Christian thinker, uh, that you will benefit from familiarizing yourself with. But uh, give any any websites you'd like to direct people to, Pastor Broden.
1: Well, certainly. I first of all, I want to direct them to Brave Salt. That's uh, B R A V E saltnotpepper.com, huh. and it's a splash page that has a number of organizations that are working now to help America to understand uh, the necessity for them to be engaged and involved. Content of Character Series, to which I'm the executive director, has a, an icon there, a C-O-C-S, um, Content of Character Series. Uh, click on that and it'll take you to my web page. But they also have Salt and Light and have a public school exit and um, other uh, organizations that are doing things that help America in this hour. So that's the well, first uh, uh, website that I would call you to. And then, of course, directly to Content of Character is Content of Character com. That's the full word Content of Character com, And it'll take you right to our website.
0: Uh, Well, God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to ask you some questions, and I I eagerly anticipate your insights and answers. Um, I wanted to ask you the question, uh, and I'm going to lay out a question and then um, maybe unpack it a little more in depth. I wanted to ask you the question, is black America beginning to realize that they've been played by the Democrat Party? But before I ask that question, um isn't it Pastor Broden a bit of a misnomer to 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 broadly speak of quote black America? Because uh black America is not just this homogenous uh demographic. I mean, there are Christians, there are all sorts of different as with any ethnicity. But um jump on the train wherever you feel led, speak to what is in 2022, Black America, and of those that are Christian, conservative, constitutionalists, are they beginning to realize that they have been played by the Democrat Party?
1: Well, it's an excellent question, and uh, let's let's try to deal with it one step at a time. First of all, um, uh, we ought to all be Americans, uh, and there's no question about it that we are here in one of the greatest experimentation that has ever happened in the history of mankind that is America which I believe is one of the greatest nations that ever existed amen um however there are some spots and some sores that are in our nation that has caused a a kind of of a um a a, a representation of each ethnic group within it certainly slavery played a part in that war, it was the Europeans that enslaved the Africans as they came to this continent, and that has caused a a scarring on the minds of, of both whites and blacks, uh, and that scar took place because uh, there was a, a look away from the scriptures, if you will, and, yes. uh, um, and it caused the, the institution to exist for far too long, and in a form <clears throat> that was antithetical to the definitions of scripture. And so that has scarred mentally, and, and that mental scarring still exists, especially among African Americans, but also in white Americans as well. And it uh, unfolded itself uh, after uh, the Emancipation Proclamation in the rise of the Ku Klux Klan mm. and in Jim Crow laws, and Jim Crow laws segregated us even more, and and blacks were considered second-class citizens. They couldn't ride on buses, couldn't drink the water fountain, couldn't go into restaurants, couldn't buy homes uh, where they wanted to. It was all segregated. And there was a a duality, a a polarization that existed during the times of the Jim Crow laws. Then there was the fight for the civil rights. And that civil rights movement, uh, primarily led by Dr. Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. uh, it came to fruition and then the Republican Party, uh, through the efforts of uh, President Eisenhower, set forth civil rights legislation, and it was uh, it was resisted by the Southern Democrats, They call them Dixocrats. Yes, and they resisted. that's true. And then uh, Johnson uh, became president from the state of Texas, and uh, he had the full support of the Republican Party for the 1964. Civil rights laws, uh, legislation, uh, but he had to twist some arms of some Democrats to get them to sign on. And, and because he was effective in twisting those arms, the, the civil rights legislation passed. And that mm-hmm. was the beginning, I believe, of uh, equal citizenship, that the realization of the uh, language of the emancipation became operative that the Declaration of Independence and the language therein, which has always been the driving force for dealing with the injustices in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when, let me ask you a question. be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, all men. And that, that became almost a reality. And we've been moving in that direction ever since. Are we there fully? I think not, because the Democratic Party has specialized in pulling the scab of healing off and uh, using uh, the legacy of the past to incite or to uh, embellish in the minds of African Americans the injustices that they had experienced and in some instances still experienced, but not to the level that it was. And it has been that rallying call for the Democrats that caused blacks to vote almost 90% for the secular humanists, and the Democrats, the progressives, who are moving this nation further and further away from its Judeo-Christian heritage.
0: Right, right. Uh, what a what a brilliantly laid out uh, chronology of history. If folks, if you're just tuning in, this is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here. We're talking with uh, Pastor Stephen Broden. Uh, brother, you, you know, it, it's almost like there was a second wrong. Okay, the first wrong being slavery. Which, through a number of pieces of legislation and cultural and spiritual movements, uh, the attempt was made to right that wrong. But then uh, I'm with you, like during the LBJ years. My, my mom and dad were very political, godly Christian people, and um, you know I've been hearing about this since toddlerhood. But the the leveraging of blacks. Uh, for political and ideological purposes. That was the second wrong, wasn't it? That secular humanist and— Yeah, I mean, there was one wrong, but then a second wrong people took opportunity for.
1: Absolutely, And, and it is a mendacious, malevolent move on the part of the progressive movement in America to accomplish their agenda. Uh, The blacks have been voting for Democrats and secular uh, humanists uh, for about 50-plus years. They've given their votes to them based on a lie and a deception that is uh, exercised against them. And over 90% of them have been voting for uh, their own demise. When we look at what the Democrats have done, they've lied about this whole thing about racism and the Republicans being fat cats and insensitive and unjust. And racist and um, because we're hypersensitive about that without listening or investigating we we go ahead and buy the lie and vote for Democrats and economically mm. nothing has changed in our community education our children are still suffering Crime is not addressed and then our community has not progressed as a result of voting for these uh, lies that have been perpetrated on us mm. we don't see it because we're hypersensitive
0: Hold that thought if you would. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some solutions. What an honor to have on the line Pastor Stephen Broden, spiritual, political, cultural leader here in America. And what a blessing it is to live in the United States of America. Alex McFarland here, the American Family Radio Network. Stay tuned. We've got a brief break. More truth for this day from Pastor Stephen Broden. we we'll come back after this brief break. then we'll go away. please. <laughs>
2: We've always had an interest. God has given us a gift of being able to help a lot of people with their finances and budgets and stuff.
3: AFA supporters Bernie and Alice Larson met Dan Celia at a Faith, Family, and Finance town hall meeting.
2: And he answered some questions, and we were thinking about the charitable gift annuities, and we'd never heard of that before, but we thought, well, we'd always wanted to leave some of our money with for God, but we didn't know where or how, and it, we felt like this was put into our laps as answer to our prayers as to what we could do after we're gone.
3: Bernie and Alice learned a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation would provide them with a monthly income for life, as well as supporting the American Family Association into the future. You can learn more about charitable gift annuities and other financial products at afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543, extension 345.
2: And uh, you just can't outgive God.
4: This is Jan Markell next on Understanding the Times Radio. I talked to Pastor Billy Crone. What are we not being told about the Russian-Ukraine war? What are the biblical implications? Could it be that both sides have a satanic agenda? And if so, how do we as Christians pray? That's next on Understanding the Times Radio.
3: Saturday afternoon at 1 Central and Sunday afternoon at noon Central on American Family Radio. Washington Watch advances a culture where human life is valued and religious liberty thrives. Hello, this is Tony Perkins, host of Washington Watch, right here on the American Family Radio Network, inviting you to join us each weekend for the weekend edition of Washington Watch for the latest from our nation's capital on what is happening as it pertains to faith, family, and freedom. You'll hear from policymakers, congressional leaders, and others each day, 4 p.m. Central Time. Be there.
2: This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson. In one of his final rallies in the 2020 presidential election, Donald Trump made this prediction. If Biden got in, you'd be paying $7, $8, $9, then they'd say, get rid of your car. Today, in some parts of the country, people are indeed paying $9 for gasoline, and the president is insisting that expensive electric vehicles are Americans' pathway to affordable energy. Biden, after finally admitting his intention to transition away from fossil fuels in the final 2020 presidential debate, insisted that it would be gradual rather than drastic. But on March 7, EPA administrator Michael Regan said, quoting, we're pressing the accelerator to reach a zero emissions future sooner than most people thought, unquote. At the same time, the administration is insisting that Russia is to blame for skyrocketing fuel prices as if they weren't discussing their intentions all along. Biden's transition is hurting Americans. Remember in November. This is a Decency Minute. I'm Bill Johnson.
0: You know, one of the joys of being on the radio, on the American Family Radio Network, uh, you you meet a book, or or you find a book, or you meet a speaker, and you come across just this uh, gold vein. It's like you're in a mine, and you you hit that silver vein or that nugget of gold, and you just want everybody to know about it, and you think, oh, this is so good, this is so rich, this is so beneficial, and Pastor Stephen Broden is, is one such voice in our culture, and I want to continue this conversation. Pastor Broden, thank you for your time. But tell us, of um, what is your latest book, and direct us to any websites that uh, you're uh, associated with.
1: Uh, my, my book is called Ponds of Change, The Exploitation of Black America by the Progressive Movement in America. And the mm-hmm. best place to find that book is at throughpeople.com. Throughpeople.com is where okay. that book can be um, bought. And it's a chronicling, it's my observation of what's happening or what is happening in America and how the black community has been used as a pawn on the chessboard of political ideology. And the ideologies or the struggle that we see taking place in America is between Americanism and socialism. And uh, socialism is advancing uh, through the progressive movement in the Democratic Party and the black uh, community. The pawn on the board, which is a powerful piece when used appropriately, is advancing their agenda faster than we had originally imagined. Uh, This manipulation of the black community is for a purpose, and the purpose is to flip America away from its Judeo-Christian heritage and the Constitution that undergirds who we are. And we are witnessing that taking place right now as more and more Socialists are elected into our government, and more and more of the institutions that influence us in America are under the influence of a socialistic paradigm. Mm -hmm. We're witnessing that, and unfortunately, the black community, in its voting habit, has voted these progressives, these socialists, into government, and they're changing us through policies and laws that are antithetical to the Constitution and the principles that undergird this nation
0: and you know you talk about a return to proper constitutional principles and i'm with you my friend oh my goodness i'm with you but um don't you think that the average american adult probably doesn't really know for one thing i don't think a lot of adults realize how fortunate we are how blessed we are how really in the scope of world history we're we're prosperous relatively stable i mean we have, we have a better standard of living longevity uh everything from you know uh air conditioning to penicillin uh we have so, so many blessings that other epochs of history would have looked at with just awe and envy but not only our standard of living most people don't realize how good it is but uh just what our constitution is all about and how brilliant the Founders' uh, vision of government was. I I think the average adult just doesn't even know about these things. Would you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. We have been indoctrinated in these Luciferian institutions of indoctrination called public schools, away from the history and the legacy of our nation and its religious uh, um, uh, legacy as well see, America was founded on a religious-based heritage of liberty under law, and the Constitution was written to limit the government, not the people. We're seeing that flip because these institutions, and there are seven of them that I believe that are influencing us, that are under the socialistic ideology. Corporations, academia, that is education, the arts, uh, the major media, We have government, and then the last two, which will be six and seven, is the family and the church. Mm. They're all influenced by a thing called political correctness, and political correctness is cultural Marxism. They're one and the same. They're not distinctive. They're the same. And Antonio Grimsey, in the 1920s, a communist philosopher looking at the West, said the best way that we can win in the West is not through classical Marxism, which is an economic system, but he said through cultural Marxism, which attacks the institutions through infiltration gradually and flipping them to a whole cultural expression that is antithetical to the Judeo-Christian heritage. In fact, he says the best way to win is to get rid of the Christian influence in the public square take a look at what has been happening in america over the last 50 years we have relegated christianity to second place in america and have elevated tolerance and political correctness above it and notice what is happening to our religious heritage and notice what is happening to our constitution it's being changed
0: yes yes uh i I know you've heard um There was a communist leader uh, some sixty, fifty, sixty years ago, Rudy Dutschke, who talked about uh, making the long march through the institutions. In other words, if communism... that's Antonio
1: Grimzy. That's Antonio
0: he, Yes. Yes. Uh, they've done it though, and and, and you know, folks, oh, you've got you've got to understand through, um, sure, through uh, certain elected offices, but even education and even seminaries. And theological schools. And uh, I want you to speak to the fact, and here's another twofold question. I guess, uh, you know, when I have a, a brilliant thinker on the line, I want to really uh, glean everything I can from from your mind and thought processes, Pastor Broden. But um, here's my twofold question this time. Uh, speak to what it means that they've made the long march through the institutions, and then how we, we believers and we who love America— and and we know Christ is coming back, I know that, but until he does, we have to be in this for the long game. We've got to make the long march through the institutions. So speak to speak to this uh, uh, issue, if you would, please.
1: Oh, absolutely. It begins with thinking, or ideas. Um, gradually they have influenced us away from our Judeo-Christian marriages, and a number of ideas made that happen. Darwinism feminism, communism, socialism, secular humanism, all those isms were created by men and women who hated God. It was Karl Marx who said, my goal in life is to dethrone God and to destroy capitalism. That's precisely what is happening right now in America. So these ideas have been uh, pumped into our communities and fed to our children. And now we have uh, our children, millennials in particular, who are really socialists, literally believe that socialism is is an answer to many of the injustices that they have uh, been uh, exposed to, critical theory, critical race theory, liberation theology, intersectionality, cancel culture, social justice. All those are ideas that have been pumped into our community to change our culture and to change who we are. There is an answer for it. And the answer is... Our Judeo Christian heritage. We need to go back and re embrace it. Now, to answer the question, the second part is that I believe that uh, in a book that was written by uh, Mark Levin titled uh, Liberty and Tyranny, he said yes. this in his introduction. He said this the remedy to tyranny is conservatism precisely because its principles are the founding principles. Aha! There is the answer to our dilemma in America, the founding principles. When those principles, which rest upon our Judeo-Christian heritage, because they're only operative when they are resting on the Judeo-Christian ethic, there are ten of them. Liberty, equality, consent of the governed, natural rights, religious liberty, private property. The rule of law, self government, constitutionalism, and independence. I believe that ten. Those ten ideas launch this nation into what it is today, to what it is today. And it will be those ten principles that will rescue us, especially as we process them through our Judeo Christian heritage. That's the rescue. That's where we need to turn in order to negate uh, the philosophies that have been pushed on us by these secular humanists who hate God. I think it was 1 uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, said this, uh, the Spirit expressly says that in the last days, many or some will fall away from the faith by paying attention to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. That's what is happening in America right now. We're being deceived by doctrines of men and women who hate God. These are demonic spirits. But we have been sufficiently warned, as you well know, in mm-hmm. Colossians chapter eight, uh, chapter two and verse eight. It says, "That see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophies. That is those philosophies of men who hate God." empty deception, the deceiving spirit that is deluding not only us here in America, but the world right now is under this deceiving spirit, by paying attention to the traditions of men and the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Jesus Christ. Notice that. Philosophies, empty deception, traditions of men, and elementary principles of the world juxtapose the one thing, Jesus Christ. The Amen. answer for the world today is a right connection with Him. And that can only happen through the definitions of the Word of God.
0: Let let me ask you this, Pastor Broden. Do you see cracks coming in the the monolith that has been the the Democrat stronghold on black Americans and, and black Christians and black pastors? I know a lot of... Uh, pastors of black churches, great godly men, men who preach the gospel of salvation, but when it comes to political and and social issues, are just almost uniformly to the left. But uh, I'm yeah, they're, I'm they're, they're seeing, blind. Mm-hmm. yeah. But are are you seeing some some eyes becoming awakened?
1: Well, oh, absolutely. I I believe that they are, but it's slow. And it's a a, uh, a, a, a a process that is going to take some time. Okay, but Here's why. I believe we don't have access. The conservative black boys in America, mine, for example, we don't have a platform because media knows that we are very dangerous to their agenda, the agenda of the left. And so they don't give us equal access. And that's happening on the left. But unfortunately, it's true on the right as well. How often do you hear the black conservative voice? You don't hear it very often.
0: We're here, Rarely.
1: But we're, we're primarily ignored. And occasionally we come on. Like I have an opportunity, probably uh, uh, greater than a whole uh, a lot of us. But nonetheless, there are more voices than mine. And uh, uh, it, it needs to happen in order for us to penetrate the wall of blindness that the left has in our community. so It's slow. I think Donald Trump did some of that. A lot of blacks begin to look at what Donald Trump was standing for, and they came over. But they came over with a democratic mindset. There is a need for them to be educated and trained what conservatism is. That is not a give me, do for me, or something for nothing uh, philosophy. It is It is a philosophy that talks about individual liberty and the ability to have the freedom and the right to pursue uh, what you can with what you have. And that kind of philosophy needs to be trained and taught. So as a black conservative, I see the need for that. And that's what Constitution, uh, um, the content of character series is all about. We're about going into the black community and in communities wherever they are and expressing to them the urgency of the hour, the necessity for engagement, and to push back against this socialistic attempt to flip this nation. And by the way, they believe they're at the tipping point. Mm -hmm. And with this Joe Biden in office and the Democratic Party controlling all three branches of our government, uh, they believe they can flip it. And they're pushing hard to do it before the great awakening takes place.
0: Yeah. I I mean, you know, it's almost like... um, a, a ball game, and I mean, there were fewer and fewer seconds on the clock. the The play gets more and more intense. Because, and uh, but to take that analogy a bit further, Pastor Broden, um, is it still a jump ball? Is America still savable?
1: As long as there is a God in heaven, that possibility exists. But I think our challenge as Christians is to discern what God is doing. I tell my church we need to take a 50,000-foot view of what's going on from the divine perspective, from Genesis to Revelation. God has a plan and a purpose, and his purpose is to be glorified. And the glorification of God takes place not only in those of us who are being saved, but also those who are perishing. So they're all moving towards one goal. So could it be that we in America have come to a place where the punitive consequences of our bad choices and decisions is resting on us now. We were a Christian nation. We are not a Christian nation now. And I say that because a Christian nation would not have codified into law the killing of almost 65 million babies while yet in their mother's womb. A Christian nation would not have codified into law same-sex marriage, a marriage between a man and a man and a woman and a woman. A Christian nation simply would not have done that. Nor would a Christian nation codify as the law of sodomy or affirm transgenderism or gender fluidity. We have as a nation, and I believe there's a consequence for that, and we may be mm. experiencing that right now.
0: Hey, we're out of time right now. we got to visit again really soon. Uh, Pastor Stephen Broden, I appreciate you so much. Contentofcharacterseries.com. Contentofcharacterseries.com. Brother, thank you for what you're doing for america thank you for what you're doing for the cause of christ and the great commission god bless you we're going to be right back folks stay tuned the american family radio network more with alex mcfarland biblical worldview for our times after this break don't go away
3: We trust the Bible. He says, we saw this. And that
2: sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses.
3: The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. This is the sound of not just one, not just two, but three heartbeats. Heartbeats that were birthed through the ministry of pre-born. The heartbeat of a pre-born baby can be heard as early as six weeks on ultrasound. The sound of a heartbeat changes everything.
2: I came seeking termination, but once I got here and I took an ultrasound, I was overjoyed what I found out that I was having three baby
3: born. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free heartbeats for moms in crisis in America and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time, and this time, there were three. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so we just are really just trying to pray through it. And God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net.
0: My favorite verses is uh, Galatians six nine. By the way, welcome back to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here. Hope you're having a blessed day. Hope you're planning to be in the house of God on Sunday and going to church. Maybe taking somebody with you. And um, mm-hmm. you know, we're coming up on a great opportunity to witness for the gospel. That's Easter, the resurrection of Christ, coming up just very soon. And you know, one of the great realities that sets the Christian faith apart from any other belief system, is we have an empty tomb. We have a risen Savior. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Scripture. We have the promise. Now, Galatians 6, 9 says, Do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. In other words, don't give up. Let me say, uh, weary American, patriot and Christian, uh, you might feel fatigue, you might sometimes you watch the news and feel like a sense of hopelessness and I tell you, if you watch the news, you will feel a sense of hopelessness, but you 've got to keep your your heart attuned to the Word of God that says, "Your labor in the Lord is not in vain that 's first corinthians fifteen fifty eight and also, in due season, we will reap yeah, you will there is a harvest and a takeaway from doing the right thing. And, well, I want to bring a guest on who is uh, courageously speaking truth in this culture, uh, Dr. Claudia Kotka. uh, And she is a renowned uh, dentist, toxicologist, a fellow of the American Academy of Oral Medicine, International College of Dentists, a lot we could say. But we're going to talk about how Christian leaders And really, I would say freedom loving Americans need to speak out about some issues related to health care. But Dr. Kotka, it's a great honor to have you on the American Family Radio Network, and I appreciate you spending some time with us today.
2: Oh,
4: thank you so much, Alex, for having me on. It's really a blessing to be here, and I'm certainly blessed to have been trained, and of course, I'm being able to practice in the United States of America. So um, I was born and raised in Romania, and this. uh, um last leg of, I would say, three decades or so has been just a tremendous opportunity and tremendous blessing.
0: Well, what, what an honor that you're in the United States. And uh, let me ask you this. What, uh, when did you come to the USA?
4: I was uh, around 11, 12 years old. It was around 87, um, mm-hmm. uh, winter of 87. And so it was right before the communist regime was finally... Uh, I would say dealt with in in, in a way that uh, should have been um, first of all should have never occurred. Um, however, um, uh, we certainly know the oppressions of that system. And my dreams of becoming a dentist actually was at the age of young age of five um, yeah. or about that age. And so I was in Romania at the time, and there were a lot of um, anticipations in terms of um, what what would happen in the future. Of course, we were incredibly limited in terms of. Uh, resources, however, intellectually, um, and, um, driven, of course, by God's wisdom, um, we persevered, uh, in terms of seeking knowledge as well as theoretical constructs, if you will, of, uh, problem solving of the everyday to day lifestyle requirements. And so under oppression, um, uh, one is, um, forced to face, um, very specific I would say, um, situations and draw very specific conclusions with high high, uh, uh, outcomes. Um.
0: Well, you've got an amazing, you know, folks, I could say resume or biography in the academic world, a curriculum vitae, your CV, uh, and uh, Dr. Kotka, you have an amazing, you're an incredibly accomplished person, uh, bachelor of science chemistry degree, major in cellular molecular biology, Um, I'm very impressed and I appreciate what you're doing, but I want to, in the interest of our limited amount of time, I want to cut to the chase in terms of how healthcare is being managed. And specifically, I want you to, as a, a scientist, toxicology expert, public health expert, I want you to speak to the issue of the attempted enforcement of the vaccines on all people, the COVID vaccine. I want you to speak to this. As a scientist, uh, what is your take on how healthcare has been handled during the pandemic and to the present moment?
4: Mm -hmm. So that's a very poignant question. I'm glad that you are raising that up with your audience. So I'm going to speak from various different, I would say, um, uh, micro lenses and macro lenses. Um, As a scientist, as a clinician, um, I practice customized, of course, precision oral systemic um, dentistry every day um as a at the same time I'm a scientist at heart and intellectually. And so from a healthcare analyst perspective, we have to look at the fact that there's micro and macro views perspective in terms of how we treat and how we participate in transactions the healthcare commodity space. And that, you know, requires a lot more, I think, in depth conversation and, you know, and, and a comprehensive inclusion of all the variables and participants ranging from policy regulators uh, to um, uh, academia, research, development, um, as well as venture capital um, and media, consumer platforms, et cetera, including the experts. Now, in terms of the specifics with respect to um, the nuances of the actually expertise, um, uh, one thing I like to highlight is that in the United States, we are given the blessing to um, have been appointed as um, by legislation, congressional bill. Um, by law, um, experts are appointed as first responders, and dentists is, is actually in that first tier. And I myself was participated to, uh, in that particular, I would say, um, uh, activity on Capitol Hill when, once upon a time, dentistry, um was um, threatened to be taken out. My point mm-hmm. is that um, doing this particular illustration, and there are many things to say, and I love to be able to at least um, give some pointers, um, truthful pointers, um what I would have liked to have seen is I would like to have seen the um, experts uh, be allowed to lead and particular individuals who practice medicine with a license be allowed to practice medicine with a license um, yes. in terms of the nuances of the choices of therapeutics I'm going to go a little bit off um, in a little bit more micro view right now just so that I can a share with the audience, understanding that assumptions have to be always incorporated and addressed in terms of the, having the conversation so that con- audiences can obtain the conclusion appropriately. What I mean by that is that when we look at vaccinations or therapeutics or technologies, we have to evaluate them exactly for what they are. Every single action in this world, including no action, has a positive therapeutic impact and outcome and has a liability associated with it. In medicine, we call it clinical toxicity or toxicity index. Reality is that when we evaluate actions and assess information for the upcoming action, we have to uh, construct and we have to do that calculation. So when we look, for instance, at vaccinations, vaccinations are really not meant to be the first go-to Um, uh, I would say, solution, um, the preventative um, option and the preventative component of boosting immune system, of addressing comorbidities, which, you know, is one of the advantages, I would say, that has come out of the illustration with COVID, even though it was an incredible, um, I would say, chaotic and and, and crisis phase for many individuals and for many different perspectives. Um, Commodities have become a household name, and I'm glad that um, the consumer platform has finally had the opportunity to accept that reality is that we all have abnormalities that we have to deal with. But how you deal with those abnormalities um, matters, meaning that a controlled condition, in oral systemic, biomedication is only meant to be seen like a bridge. Um, Mm -hmm. In the meantime, while you're buying time, to, you know while your you, one has built that bridge if you will to medication etc or a vaccination the responsibility is for the focus to be then back on the mechanistic cause and effect axis and now if i skew back up onto the healthcare um, sector if you will if i can um, generalize and categorize the sector in terms of categories of options. Um, what has occurred in the last 20 years and now has become illustratively viable with the COVID example, is that therapeutics are in either one or clinical protocols are in one or other category. One is a um, cause and effect access solution we call it mechanism driven etiologic, if you will. And the other is really correlational. We look at parallelism assessment, and we call that symptom-driven therapeutics. Meaning, we can develop one solution for every single manifestation of the cause and effect, but it's not one and the same.
0: The Let latter me ask that you I this. mentioned uh, Sure. Uh, well, forgive me for I- interrupting here, but um, millions have taken the COVID vaccines. Uh, uh, very oftentimes, uh, at the you know pressure of their employer. Very oftentimes, they wanted it. They they felt like you know they were in. Very grave danger. So um, I want to ask you this. For those, all, the, the people that have not taken the COVID vaccine, in your opinion, are they at risk of complications or death from COVID because they were not vac- vaccinated?
4: Well, in my opinion, I would say that everybody's at risk for being um, infected and reinfected. It's the um, construct of their immune system. And we know that from scientific evidence in terms of research, not just recently, but for the past 10, 20, 30 years of research, um, natural immunity is the best, most comprehensive immunity possible. And comorbidities make that more difficult. Um, Reality is that what concerns me is that an individual with vaccinations can actually become Uh, again, reinfected and actually fall prey to the manifestation of that particular virus, that's really where mutations occur in viable population. And this is the reason why I myself as a clinician as well as a public health expert can see that threat very visibly because, of course, um, academically I'm trained and, of course, I I, uh, engage into that analysis and characterization of cause and effect, meaning nothing Mm. lives in a vacuum. There's no concept that is in and of itself Stagnant. And this is why, and this is the reason it's necessary for interdisciplinary conversation and constructive characteristics so that individuals have access. Now, I have to say that in the United States, the United States healthcare model is one of the most, I would say, utopic, if I can say it right, most blessed on earth in the sense because it's it's basically, again, um, constructed out of two different models systems that essentially are like wheels that you know that, that cycle right one is a private sector model and the other is basically what other might refer to as the national healthcare care model but it's a more managed model um, mm-hmm. and so both both bring incredible aspects to their model system and to their consumers but it's not meant to be one or the other they're meant to uh, coexist and co interact in the most effective and efficient way possible for competition of innovation to occur, for individuals to have access to options to occur at any point in time. But it doesn't mean that with the chronological time sequence of uh, development, this yesterday's solution is the best solution for tomorrow.
0: Do you, do you see some uh, implications, <clears throat> negative health implications of the mass vaccination of people? Um, in the near future or, or long distance, are we going to see some health complications caused by the vaccines?
2: Well, we
4: know that because let me give an example. Um, I myself was, of course, in closed-door meetings with Dr. Fauci back in 2001 um, in conversation with the American Mental Association. Prior to that, I was in uh, at the School of um, University of Michigan, where I trained for 10 years in the public health um, school. And at the time, the influenza vaccine and in Michigan had done some studies there. We knew that with subsequent administration of the influenza vaccine, which again, it's a benign virus, correct? And we think that we're going to want to do very easily, uh, help our population just be healthy, uh, without much, uh, um, uh, without much sacrifice. And this is, I think, where the slippery slope is. The study showed that the immune system with two or three renditions of vaccination actually becomes weaker. So
1: mm. we
4: have to be very conc- uh, cognizant of the fact that the, the research has existed for decades and decades and decades, and it's important that we focus and we respect the logic that uh, promulgates, you know, a truthful compilation. Because there are, of course, um, I would say, uh, more compromised or more corrupt logic that can be adapted. However, um, when the variables are all incorporated into the assessment. Um, and the and that particular assessment is driven by comprehensive and legitimate logic. That's really when you can count on the quality and quantity of the data. Uh,
0: Do- Dr. Kata, I- I've got to ask assessment. you this: Dr. Fauci, in your opinion, over the last two years, has Fauci operated as a scientist or more as a political mouthpiece?
4: I would say that scientists are very much interacting with the political spectrum. I myself have been on Capitol Hill for the past uh, since 2001, when I was given the opportunity to be a policy extern. The point is, however, is that what I would have liked to have seen, and did not see, is an interdisciplinary voice. Clinicians represent the 50% of the equation of the consumer solutions. What do I mean by that? Precision medicine and precision dentistry in clinical sector has been implicated, has been implemented as long as there have been doctors on Earth. That means that no technology, including laser, myself, I'm a very um, uh, strong proponent of lasers because it's a light technology that has confluence with um, intrinsic characteristics that are respected by the biological processes. So no, um, you know, uh, doctors have essentially applied this aspect of precision medicine, but again, it's being utilized Incorrectly or adaptively by technology sector, for instance, to invoke something of a meaning that is something new. When the fact is, is that we customize the technologies that come out of the laboratories, come out of the industry, and we essentially customize it for that particular patient. I should wonder Hey, Forgive me for cutting
0: you off because we're almost out of time. Do you have a website you could direct people to to learn more and just stay of up course. to date? Yeah, of course. What's your website?
4: Of course. Sir so uh, um, one can for examples, one can visit com as well as vipdentures.net and also for activities um, keeping up with my activities on Capitol Hill and others in regulatory nationally and internationally can visit com.
0: wonderful thank you so much folks thanks for listening Alex McFarlane the American Family Radio Network I'll be back at 3 p.m. Central 4 p.m. Eastern for Exploring the Word stay tuned to AFR God bless you and may God bless America Mm -hmm.